For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. I have taken over hosting duties today. I am Jamie Eisner, joined along with Jake Arians and let's before we get into Jake Arians' victory Monday we will get into that game and every game that you saw this Sunday we need to talk about the last game of the night uh, and now first place Philadelphia Eagles with a grand one two and one record uh, beat San Francisco 25 to 20 in a game where we watched the very stoppable force of the Philadelphia wide receiving core versus the movable object of whatever is left in San Francisco secondary. So Jake, what are your takeaways from this game besides being happy that it's over? Dude, that was a great description. <laughs> uh, my takeaways are you can get a hell of a long way in the NFL with great effort. Carson Wentz is not playing good but the man is playing with extreme levels of effort and it takes you a long way. He never quit in this game. Uh, CJ Beathard comes in and plays phenomenal at the end after Mullins, who there was talk about Mullins taking Jimmy G's job. There were like legit. And he looks like dog shit. Like he was awful. CJ Beathard running the exact same offense goes, what ends up 14 to 16 with a touchdown goes right down the field, goes right down the field again. Um, San Francisco is up against it, man. They just don't have a lot left. Getting Kittle back, monster fantasy day. Absolutely monster. Debo Samuel, going to be really good. Him and Ayuk together, when they get Mostert back, Kittle's healthy. Does that offensive line still pretty damn good? Uh, I think they're going to be okay offensively, but, man, they don't have a lot left on defense. They start playing the defenses in their – or the offense in their division, it's going to be a long day for them. I, I don't know that they got a lot left. Yeah, it's it's tough to watch right now because, I mean, we've seen all the graphics. We know how many guys they're down, how many key stars they're down across the field. But uh, I do want to give a little bit of credit, obviously, to the winning team and a credit to Carson Wentz, where everybody was writing his obituary at halftime, uh, makes it just an absolutely tremendous throw to checks notes. Travis Fulham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, but it was an absolutely beautiful throw that ends up basically being the game winning touchdown uh, when it's all said and done. But uh, buys himself another week here, and the NFC East is just an absolute tire fire. I guess the big takeaway here from Philadelphia's side is that I don't know why Miles Sanders just stopped being used late in this game. Uh, I did not hear about an injury. I have checked. I have not heard or seen anything. Uh, but he was great in the first quarter. He did, and then he just great. stopped being used. Uh, very odd there. 
on San Francisco's side, you know, McKinnon has a pretty decent day, particularly for PPR. He ends up with seven catches for 43 yards, gets in the end zone on the ground. Uh, but George Kittle, 15 for 183 and a touchdown. Um, the major beneficiary of quarterbacks who are afraid to throw the ball to wide receivers um, in this game. Debo looked, again, three for 35 in his, in his season debut, was going to be on a pitch count, wasn't out there super late in the game what we expected, but I am looking forward to seeing what this team looks like, at least at semi-full capacity on offense, when they get Jimmy Garoppolo back, when they get Ricky Mostert back, when Samuel's fully up to speed, uh, and they have all these guys running together because Ayuk had that really dynamic run tonight, and using them both those guys together with whatever Kyle Shanahan can scheme up is going to be really exciting, even if some of those pieces on defense like Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa just aren't coming back. You're not going to get those pieces back, but – uh, but kudos, they put up a fight tonight, but the Eagles finally get a win. Um, I guess, you know, you take it and you move on, but, uh, I'm not excited about anybody right now, uh, in the NFC East. Uh, let's move on to the other games from the Sunday slate. Let's start with the saints and the lions. The lions jumped out to a very quick 14, nothing lead. And then it was mostly downhill from there until the fourth quarter. Uh, Drew Brees, 246 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara continues another solid day, 83 yards with a touchdown on the ground, three for 36 through the air. Uh, that touchdown regression, uh, positive touchdown regression is really kicking in for him. He's the number one fantasy running back right now by a pretty healthy margin. Uh, Latavius Murray gets in the end zone a couple times. Sanders looks good. Traquan Smith, a couple touchdowns. Kenny Galladay scores again, uh, as Jake reminded you last week, and I reminded you in my 20 thoughts column. Dude was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver going into the season. Just because he missed a couple games doesn't change any of that. And so what was your biggest takeaway from this game, Jake? Ridiculous comments in his press conference after the game. After this game, do you feel like you're still the man to lead this franchise forward? And his answer is, well, there was a lot of things to fix when I got here. No, not really. Jim Caldwell went nine and seven twice. And you have gone off a cliff. Uh, their defense is awful. Brought all these pieces in. I think you talked about it, Jamie. Was You brought all these defensive pieces in, and Patricia's gone. Not all you got the, these New England guys that don't fit what he does that are still left. Like It's just awful. I mean, that, Matt Stafford, I wish, could finish up somewhere else, and it would be just be so much better. I'd be so much happier for that kid. Uh, they hung in there. I mean, it jumped out to a nice lead. Give Drew Brees credit. He looked better today, period. And the story, and Alvin Kamara is an absolute stud. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what more you could say uh, about these. Uh, the, the Lions is just uh, just a disaster. Again, if, if you've forgotten, and we talked about this at, at the time when it happened, but the, the transition from Caldwell into, I believe Hank Down just sent to me, 10-24-1 is Matt Patricia's record. A, so he has one more win in, what's this going to be, 34-35. So almost 20 more games. 20 more games. He got one more win than what the season after. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of stuff to fix. That's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous and, comments, man. and no, because you had a franchise quarterback. And I think at that point, there's everything else is fixable. I'm sorry. Uh, you have a franchise quarterback. I get if you come in, you don't have a quarterback. You can make an excuse. But you walked into a nine win team with a franchise quarterback uh, and you couldn't get the job done. I, I don't want to hear it. And it's not just because, you know, I don't know. It's ridiculous at this point. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers, the Cardinals <laughs> dropped their second straight. Uh I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been pretty damn impressed by what the Panthers are doing now. I, I had such low expectations for them with new coaching staff, 
completely revamped defense, new quarterback, and they are they're tough to play. Mike Davis looks great. He's basically in that Christian McCaffrey light role. Robbie Anderson, another big game, eight for 99, and could have had another big game and a touchdown that got kind of got dropped there. This pan uh, this uh this Panthers team is exciting to watch right now. They really are. Look, the Cardinals, I mean, he's a massive egg. Massive egg. Kyler Murray's stat line, I don't even know how you do that. 133 yards passing on like 31 pass attempts. And yeah, he had a couple of nice runs. He got to 71 yards. I thought he was going to go off today. The Cardinals defense is the same as last year. They suck. The scheme isn't very good. Uh, they had a couple injuries. Buda Baker being out is a big deal. But you're exactly right. I, I warned you the other day. Teddy B can play, man. Teddy B can throw it between the numbers. as hash is as good as anybody. Robbie Anderson, another big day, had a huge run. We were talking about just because Teddy's black, all of a sudden he's a running quarterback. No, that's not the case. But he had a hell of a run today. Uh, they were the better team all the way around. They played better. They played more cohesive as a unit. The Cardinals have serious problems. We're all expecting them to go 5-0 and with this easy schedule. They're not 2-2 two and two after losing the Lions and the Panthers. Always play bad at 10 a.m. on the East Coast. And they did it again. Dude, Larry Fitzgerald, four receiving yards in two games. It's 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 ridiculous right now like this this team is operating at such a low level overall like a, a bad game from Kenyon drake too and that was one of the guys we circled coming into this game we're saying you got to prove us something gets 2.7 yards per carry against so far what's been the worst rushing defense in the nfl flex uh, only option at this point like there's no way you could have him in it's yeah, rb1 I mean, or two no i don't care where you took him, you can't you know, you get the Jets next week, so you you know the look. The running back situation right now is so terrible. Like I, I was putting through rank, it's it's bad. Like it's is so bad right now. Yeah, and we'll bad. talk about the two other major injuries that are going to play into that conversation. But so he's probably still going to be a flex play for you next week. But I don't feel great about it. And look, this game was not good. This was not a good game from anybody involved on the Cardinal side. That defense missed Buda Baker, but I don't think it would have mattered. Uh, they just played so poorly in this game and. Uh, Robbie Anderson, like Mike Davis. Do you like the scheme? For real? No, it, it's, it's it's so Hopkins vanilla or run. It, it, there, the there's nothing scheme. special about. The, I don't like no, the offensive well, scheme either. I don't, I don't like anything they're doing all the way around. And I've warned like you for three weeks that it can, yeah. if it continues to be Hopkins or bust, you're not going anywhere. You had, and they have all. I wrote about it Friday. You have all these other pieces, but they're all the same little slot guy. And Larry's playing in the slot, and Larry's either done or they don't know how to use him. But four yards in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, they're uncreative on both sides of the ball right now. It's just these are the games where if you're going to be a good team, you're going to take that next step into being true playoff contenders. These are the games you have to go win. And by the way, the San Francisco win doesn't look that good right now. No, it really doesn't. It It really, really doesn't. It it really doesn't. Yeah, this that they might be this team might be frauds, Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how they bounce back if they lose to the Jets. We could be all. There's no way they're. There's no way they're doing that. But like they got to. They got to win by like 25 and put up some numbers again. Kyler Murray, yes. no 300 yard passing game yet. No, he's had the spectacular runs and everybody's buying that like he's the superstar and he's a really good player and he looked better than he did last year. But that's not. You can't just be that if you throw it 31 times for 133 yards and three touchdowns like that. That's the weirdest stat line I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it was like I was almost like Tannehill esque, at least, but he would get to like two thirty at least, maybe. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. with a couple it, shots, they didn't even take any shots. Yeah, I, I don't like what's going on there right now. They have a lot to fix because this was the easy part of their schedule that they're not taking advantage of at all. Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and our boy Joey Burrow not only wins but gets his first NFL cover as a favorite. So we're we're going to tie him into all of this stuff now. Absolutely. Uh, 25 for 36, 300 yards and a touchdown. But the story on Cincinnati side is 
Welcome back, Joe Mixon, with an absolutely a matchup winning performance. Three total touchdowns in this game. 25 carries from 151. Uh, Boyd had a big game. Higgins continues to be involved. Uh, this this is what you want. AJ to Green see. continues to be gone. I'm I'm out completely out on AJ Green. He is a yeah barely Higgins a top to take over. They need, if they can trade him, they need to trade him and let Higgins play and get six grand. Absolutely, but. Let's talk about Joe Mixon first because there were a lot of fantasy managers that were ready to not, – not cut the court. You're not going to drop Joe Mixon, but ready to put him on the bench. Part of the reason why they didn't is because of all the injuries in the running back rooms right now across the league. But this was the big bounce-back performance, and if he didn't have this game, I guarantee you people were going to take him out before they played the Ravens next week. Oh, absolutely. But he bounces back, has a couple monster touchdown runs. He just looked like himself, and they went to him even though they threw it enough and they threw the 300 yards. Like you said the other day, they were winning – and they just kept feeding him, and he just kept going off. That offensive line played better. Uh, Jacksonville's defense played really good in week one, but they haven't really shown up since. Uh, Gardner Minshew with a pretty solid day. Chenault with a pretty solid day. They hung in there. But this Bengals team, look, man, a couple years from now, they're going to be a hell of a lot of fun. They had a couple more pieces, gets his offensive line fixed up, and they could play complimentary defense. Joey B is going to be around for a while slinging it. Absolutely he is. And uh, on the other side, DJ Chark, another big game. Uh, as I said in my 20 thoughts column, do not send me another start sit with DJ Chark in it. Um, he is an every week wide receiver too. Uh, at this point when he's half healthy and active, there's no reason to worry. He's always going to be a great red zone threat. Uh, I got so many DJ Chark questions in the last couple of weeks. I, I was shocked to see that Robinson didn't get used a ton this game, but he looked pretty good. Uh, 75 yards, 17 carries on the ground. Keep holding steady with him. But the big story here is obviously Joey Burrow getting his first win. And, and even his one interception was like this weird play where Miles Jack gets the ball in the back of the end zone. It was a very weird play. It wasn't really it on was. Joe Burrow. Dude, my favorite part of the whole thing today, Joe Burrow gets the game ball in the locker room, right? Joey B, he goes, here you go, throw it back in there. You don't get enough good ones. Keep that one in the bag. Now, I'm sure he went in, a lock in the equipment room and said, hey, give oh, me that thing sure. back. But in front of the guys, dude, how awesome is that in the locker room? Here's the, the thing. Go, that he doesn't want his game ball? We, we've talked all about the tools that Joe Burrow has. But I think the thing that's impressed me the most is as a young guy coming into the NFL with as a number one pick to a franchise that has a long history of losing, he says all the right things and he believes it. Like he truly, he knows what his role is as a leader and he wants to be a leader immediately. And he is not yep. shying away from that role. Uh, just, I wish him all the best. He's got, he's got, the attitude part down pat and he's a damn good player too when he puts those things when once both those things come together with a better offensive line look out uh it's gonna be exciting. He's making the guys in the locker room believe and he's tough as nails and oh, everybody yeah. else wants to play harder when your quarterback's taking the chops playing that good and he keeps playing like that's absolutely that's, that's franchise turnaround stuff cleveland browns and the dallas cowboys in Ooh. the highest scoring game of the weekend uh was 87 points in this game uh, the, the Browns come back from the look, they get the big Odo back in play. Uh, and then Dallas just goes down the field, boom, boom. in their next two drives. And you think, Oh, okay. Same old Browns, but, uh, Cleveland just hammers them in the second and third quarters in this game. Uh, Odo Beckham, three total touchdowns has the rushing touchdown, uh, two, five for 81 and two through the air. Uh, look, this Dallas defense, I, I don't know what more, I mean, look, okay. Dak goes for five Oh two and four. Tremendous fantasy day. They're coming back like crazy. Mari Cooper is a monster game. CeeDee Lamb's a stud. Dalton Schultz is starting to get a bigger role. You know, Elliott is catching enough passes to maintain his status as a top five running back, but they're not using him as such. But 
this this defense in Dallas is horrendous. This defense needs to be talked about a lot like we've been talking about Seattle. They deserve to be in that same tier of just absolute atrociousness, for lack of a better phrase. Absolutely. Dak just broke an NFL record. When I, when I, we're talking, I say it all the time. When they go all time, nobody has ever thrown for 453 weeks in a row. And he had no business winning any of them. He's an onside kick from being 0-4. Like, that's how bad this defense is. They are absolutely horrendous. They suck. They can't cover anybody. They can't stop anybody. And then you have Mike McCarthy in a press conference talking about we're not playing complimentary football, the time of possession. They run the damn ball and stop throwing it 60 times. Yeah, you were up in this were, game. Yeah, like you gave up 305 yards rushing. This is going to be a little bit of a hot take, interesting take here, Jamie. The Bengals ran it down there, the Bengals, the Browns ran it down their throat. Got a little tricky dicky with the re, you know, re, reverse touchdown, the reverse for the other touchdown of the pass. Baker Mayfield sucked in this game. Suck. He, he wasn't he, he anything was special. Not, no, he had a, he missed a couple big time throws with a clean pocket. He was not good. He's not looked good the last couple of weeks, and they're they're three and one and winning. I mean, it seems turning around. Stefanski's doing a hell of a job sticking with their identity, and then calling some razzle dazzle with it. But he wasn't. He had nothing to do with why they won today, like zero. Which shines a major light on some MRI news on Monday. Nick Chubb obviously leaves this game early after six carries. Uh, the latest report is that they do not believe it is a torn ACL, but they will not know until the MRI is done. They seem to be a little bit more optimistic, so we will see what happens there. Uh, Kareem Hunt had a really big game coming into this game banged up as well. He wasn't 100%. Yeah, he That's did. kind of why Dearness Johnson got a lot of work in this game because Hunt was doing the best he could on basically probably 70%. Uh, but they ran the ball so effectively with pretty much everybody they put in there. Uh, you know, Dirt, you know, Dearness Johnson gets 7.3 yards a carry. Kareem Hunt has 6.5 yards a carry. Chubb had 7.2 before going down. Uh, on a just a, you know, he gets rolled up on a guy, gets blocked into him. Uh, it, just a freak play that happens sometimes. But this is the Kevin Stefanski offense that we've been talking about. Using multiple backs, running it down their throat, play action and complimentary passing off of it. And it's been working and it's allows Baker not to have to do too much for them to win the game because Baker tried to play hero ball last year did not go well for them. This is the kind of football they need to play if they want to, they want to continue to be playoff contenders. And it was another big game, by the way, for miles Garrett, who's really, really turning things on these last couple of weeks. And that is a yeah, tremendous he, difference in this game. He absolutely is an Arizona Cardinal fans that wanted to get mad at me that Isaiah Simmons should have been drafted over Jedrick Wills the Cleveland Browns running game is your proof that you are wrong. He should be playing right tackle for you and dominating people and helping out your entire team because you have to outscore people to win. Your defense is awful. And Isaiah Simmons is even on the field. So stop that. That should have happened. You always protect your franchise quarterback first. Like that should have been the way that they went with that pick. And always, it, always. it's showing up. The, it, by the way, high school, right tackle, college, right tackle switches to left in the pros as a rookie. And he's dominating people trucking folks and he's like he's been banged up yeah that's why you take these alabama guys man they play through so much in alabama they know how to play they're already pros nick treats them like pros while they're there and they play through injuries he's he's been phenomenal yeah the the upgrades at both tackle spots the browns made this offseason is a, a tremendous reason why they're having so much success right now uh, let's go on to the minnesota vikings and the houston texans and essentially what felt like an elimination game here and the minnesota vikings pull it out 31 to 23 uh if Alvin Kamara, who's really just he's running like crazy right now, but the the one B in the fantasy hierarchy right now is Dalvin Cook, who is running like a madman, running through minor injuries. He's back out there, 130 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. 
Uh, Justin Jefferson, another strong day, caught four of his five targets in 103. Adam Thielen has a big day. A uh, lot to love on the Minnesota side of things. And for Houston, you know, Will Fuller's actually been playing pretty well. You know, he had that game that he was limited against Baltimore, where I think they only gave him one touch and it was a carry. But he's actually been pretty well otherwise. Sean Watson tries to fight back later in this game, but uh, this was the game that the Vikings looked like the Vikings we expected coming into the season. And Houston just still, when it push comes to shove, is not answering the call. And they're now 0-4. And, I mean, their season's over, right? How the hell were they five-point favorites? This was my underdog of the week. I ended yeah. up, like I wrote down Vikings. I ended up going with the Texans to win by one. But I said the Vikings are covering. They should have been be three. If they win. Like, if they, they gave them the normal three, it would have been like, oh, okay, whatever. Maybe. But now you've watched this game. This is who yeah. they are. I've been telling you for weeks Deshaun Watson has regressed. They're not doing a lot to help him. But a lot of this is on him. He's not picking it up pre-snap. He's not picking it up during the snap. He has no idea where to go with the ball when he has to read the whole defense. I'm not sure that he can. Their defense has got awful. Justin Jefferson, big game, dude. The only player in NFL history with more yards through his first four games, Stephon Diggs, who he just replaced. That's a pretty pretty funny stat. Um, Kirk Cousins playing better. I told you they're just too well coached on offense and defense with Coobs and Zim to continue this. Now they're not that talented. The defense has issues, but this was, I saw this one coming, man. This was, this was pretty solid. That's a, that's a big win for the Vikings to get off the schneid. And 10, I mean, the Texans got to be looking at, okay, we're 0 and 4. How long do we, do we, do we ride it out the whole season and then we go with it? Or like, how do we, how do we do this? Yeah. And uh, well, if you're Minnesota, this could get really interesting. If you have Justin Jefferson, Dalvin cook or Adam Thielen, because they get the Seahawks. On Sunday Night Football next week, and that Ooh. secondary is horrendous. Uh, and that gives us a good transition in here to the Seahawks-Dolphins game. Uh, a lower-scoring affair at first than we thought, but there was never a doubt with the 25.4th quarter for the push on our lock of the week on the push. over on yes. 54. Uh, never a doubt, guys. But Seattle gets it done in the end here. Uh, the big story is one Chris Carson fighting through not only an injury to get in this game, but gets knocked out at one point is checked for concussion comes back in the game. Uh, he gets 80 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Another huge game for DK Metcalf. And if, if you read my thoughts column, you know, I'm already eating crow on what I said in the off season. He's here to stay as a wide receiver one. No doubt. Kind of a disappointing game for Tyler Lockett. Didn't get, got like one target in the first half. Only got two catches here. Uh, let's talk about the Seattle side of things first, Jake. What did you take away from this game for them as they move on to 4-0 here? Russell Wilson's just a beast. But, you know, the, the best part to me was what you just said. Chris Carson, man. Like, he's been – he's had some injuries in the past that he couldn't fight through. Fights through the injury to play today. He gets knocked out, comes back in. Thank God I, I played Travis Homer thinking, okay, maybe they're going to just use Chris Carson's insurance. He gets a touchdown. They used a bunch of complimentary pieces, which I liked. David Moore with a big touchdown. He, I think he had 100 yards, and he kind of took over for Ty Lockett, who they took out of the game. But, man, they, they just used other guys. Russell Wilson's plug-and-play. DK Metcalf is an absolute freak. The offensive line played okay. Their defense flew around for a while. Fitz ends up having a pretty big day. We'll, we'll transition into Miami side. Jaseki with nothing. That one shocked me. Fitz threw for 300. Fitz ran for 74. Like, you got to love Fitz. Man. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, Devontae Parker goes for 110 on 10, I think, or 11 for 110, whatever it was. And, uh, but it wasn't, there was no that complimentary piece you talked about the other day. Who's going to be that secondary guy? Parker and Jacecki are going to get theirs, and who else would it be? And Jacecki didn't even get his. It was, it was interesting. They hung around. Seattle's better, but it's really just Russell Wilson's just magic, man. Yeah, he really is. And so if, if you can hear this in the background, uh, if, if you heard, I'm, I, if you listen to the show, you know I'm, I'm traveling across the country right now in, in route to Chicago. So 
Uh, I'm staying with my folks out here just outside of Kansas City, and they have one of those like old timey clocks that at the top of the hour uh, dings <laughs> as many times. So we, we are getting to 11 p.m. Central Time right now. So there was like one or two dings left when Jake stopped talking. So uh, apologies if you heard that in the background there. But look, that was the thing with Miami. We still don't know what that secondary option is. You know, Isaiah Ford had a pretty, you know, had an okay game at 4 for 48. Preston Williams was non existent. Um, you know, Gaskin was okay in this game, but uh, like if you started Fitzpatrick, you were probably disappointed because he doesn't even th- doesn't throw for a touchdown. You know, he gets you 47 and a touchdown on the ground. So you're going to be okay. He got you enough there, but it was a weird game. Um, I, you know, this was a weird game, but you know, it's, it's West coast going to East coast. It's a team they should beat. And in the end they, they pulled it out. So we got to get, he plays their ass off against everybody. Like they're yeah. hard. They're hard to put away. I mean, they fought in there. It was, it was such a weird thing. Like you said, there was like, like 16-9 or something in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, it was like 17-15 going into the fourth. Like, And, and then, boom, figure out I, look, I look back up and it's like, yeah, yeah, they, they get there. I'm like, hey, I think we pushed. Awesome. Well, speaking of pushing, uh, let's talk about my other lock of the week, uh, which was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers covering a seven-point spread against the Los Angeles Chargers. Also never in doubt, uh, um, this was a fascinating football game. Uh, Justin Herbert looked really good early on. Real deal, man. I mean, the, the, he he looks special, and I'm sorry that Tyrod Taylor cannot come back in. To the, I I he just, he just can't at this point. He Herbert is showing too much here, uh, but we'll get into the Eckler stuff at the very end. But I want to talk about the guys that did play. Let's talk about Herbert, who was really he was throwing to Keenan Allen, uh, practice squad guys, an XFL tight end. I mean, he was making it work with it. We, we, I mean, we commend Carson Wentz for making it work tonight with some of these guys outside of Keenan Allen. Uh, and Justin Herbert had almost nothing to work with and had a really good game against the Todd Bowles defense that challenged him early and often. And he was up to the challenge, even though it wasn't a losing effort. Not to mention their backup center, backup right guard, backup right tackle. Hunter Henry doesn't have a catch, I don't think, to the fourth quarter. I've throws one 65 yards in the air, drops it in a freaking bucket, and he takes it in the chest from Vita Vea. I watched it him live. Dude, I, Oregon just had too much razzle-dazzle, sideline to sideline, not enough vertical stuff for this kid. Now that he's in the NFL, he can show off the arm. He'll stay in the pocket. He'll sling it. He's athletic enough to move around. Uh, this defense played a lot of zone in the first half. It looked like it was they were playing Tampa or we were playing Carolina again. Keep them in front. You know, bend but don't break. Stop them in the red zone. And they got torched. Second half, they came out firing. And then he hits them again on a zero blitz over Sean Murphy Bunning. Takes it in the chest, steps in there, and drops one perfect – he is impressive, man. Keenan Allen with an okay day. I thought he, I didn't play him in two leagues. I knew he'd be down some. Uh, they couldn't run it at all. And they didn't even really try much, uh, which put more pressure on the rookie. And dude, he was, he was beyond impressive. I'll, I'll let you run with the Bucks next. Uh, yes. Uh, well, beyond impressive, I think, hey, look, Herbert was amazing, but the only one guy threw for five touchdowns in this game, and that's Tom Brady, 369 on five touchdowns on 46 attempts. Uh, he had, he had a big day throwing to again. I mean, it was a one-legged Mike Evans, a one-legged Scotty Miller, uh, OJ Howard looked great in this game before obviously rupturing his Achilles. He's going to be out for the year was really starting to emerge. Uh, and Ronald Jones with no Fournette in this game, LaShawn McCoy gets banged up early. Uh, they, they leaned on him and, and he ran for almost six yards a carry on his 20 carries. Uh, this is a team that got punched in the mouth early here, but responded and fought back and ended up with a victory here. And uh, you got to commend them for that. They're going to have to work on some things. And we've talked about before on this show about the ability for coaches to go in there, yell and scream. But when you do, it's a lot more fun to do it when you got a victory versus having to do it after a loss. 
Uh, Jake, what are your takeaways from this game? And there's a very quick turnaround to head to Chicago next week on Thursday Night Football. That's one of them. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how many bodies they got left to go up there and score points. Uh, I got a lot of faith in 12 after this one. Not that I didn't have a lot of faith in, in, in Tom Brady beforehand, but I got a lot of faith in 12. I want to mention Keyshawn Vaughn. Got his first... Looked explosive. He looked really good. Uh, I'm pretty sure LaShawn McCoy is going to be out for Thursday. Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be more of a thing. Fournette might get back. Kenyon Barner, who is becoming a thing, who's really explosive out of the backfield, gets knocked out in this game with a helmet to helmet. Not sure if he's going to be ready for Thursday night. Definitely no OJ Howard, who is really starting to be a freak. We're starting to play him around, get that mismatched stuff. A lot of what the fans wanted to see, he wasn't really ready for it, but he was getting there. And I think he's gaining confidence every week. Tom Brady hits him on the long touchdown. But look, Tom Brady threw for 270 yards and four touchdowns in the second half. They, they were running it pretty good in the first half. They were playing actually 43 pass attempts, zero sacks. 43 pass attempts and zero sacks. That is a big-time day offensively from that offensive line. Tristan Wirfs continues to play great. The defense isn't going to get torched like that very often. Herbert played his ass off. It was almost Danny Dimes last year, like every throw. He threw a couple that would have been picked. He just happened to throw it high on that play. Keenan mm-hmm. Allen makes one unbelievable catch. It was just one of those days. But the, the biggest, my biggest takeaway, Jamie, other than 43 pass attempts and no, 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 no sacks, good teams can go in at the half and step on the gas when they come out in the second half, whether they're playing good or not. And my God, did they step on the gas. And you can see it in Tom Brady's face going into the locker room. And if Dominican Sue doesn't make that play, and it was ridiculously stupid on their coaching staff for the Chargers to come out and try to run a play and not take a knee when you're up 17. Oh, and yeah. we, the Bucks get a touchdown. Then they have Dominican Sue blows the play up, scores the touchdown. Tom Brady to Mike Evans. Tom Brady's face after that was like, uh, oh, Okay. Here we go. And that's the time, Brady, we got in the second half, and it was uh, it was special to watch. I'm, I'm glad I was here for it. The other big takeaway from this game, Austin Eckler is expected to miss multiple weeks uh, with a strained hamstring and a hyperextended knee. Uh, he will also be ugly. getting an MRI. Uh, so yeah, he that, so that's not great as well. So that's now, depending on what the diagnosis would show, those are two others. So now we are down four top 10, top 12 at worst running backs from pre-draft with Barkley, McCaffrey, uh, at Chubb and Eckler, uh, it's it's getting bad. It's really bad. So, uh, wish him the best. Uh, you know, Joshua Kelly was obviously a, a owned in a lot of leagues. Told you not to play him this week. I read you all the stats about the running backs and against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the last couple of years. Uh, but he will be a very intriguing play uh, next week on Monday night against the Saints if he's going to be the guy there. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in that capacity. Uh, let's move on to the other, my other lock of the week. So I went one zero and two on my locks in a very, very strange Sunday of NFL action. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens take care of business, even though RG three almost gave gave this away at the last second. Uh, they go into Washington, they beat them thirty one to seventeen. Lamar Jackson's a big game uh, relative for fantasy purposes: fifty three yards and a touchdown on the ground, one ninety three for two more touchdowns in the air. Uh, Mark Andrews back in the touchdown club gets two more touchdowns after kind of having a rough couple weeks there after getting two touchdowns on the opening week and on Washington side of things, they just uh, McLaurin fighting through injury, had a, had a thigh injury all week, 10 for 118 in this game. Uh, Antonio Gibson, again, start keeping that, that train rolling forward. He's going to be a good one uh, Four for 82 through the air, 46 yards on touchdown on the ground. Just Washington just doesn't have the horses to keep up with any above average offense in the NFL right now. And especially without two of their, two of their top guys in their front seven on defense, 
this game kind of played out the way I expected. Baltimore handled them pretty easily uh, and kind of took their foot off the gas late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I picked it 40 to 17, cover. It was 31 17, but you, you described why RG3 comes in for Lamar late. I'll tell you what, though, this Ravens defense is overrated. I've been saying it for a couple weeks. They can't get there without the blitz. Dwayne Haskins throws for 300 in this game, and he hasn't sniffed that about against anybody, including the Cardinals. Uh, I didn't think McLaurin would have a big day. I thought they'd shut him down. He did. Gibson, you you hit it the other day. He's getting bigger and bigger every week, more and more explosive. Looks really good the past game, but now he's kind of becoming a well-rounded third-down guy. Um, they don't have they don't have the horses, but I wasn't that impressed with the Ravens. They beat the shit out of the teams they should, and I'm not sure that they're in the elite. I, I, I got to see them play some other solid them and the Browns again. Now that the Browns got four games under their belt, would be really interesting. Yeah, it really would. Uh, and I think, by the way, we'd be looking at the Browns a lot differently if they didn't get their doors blown off in week one because that offense, the way they're running the football is the way Miles Garrett's playing on defense and company. It's, I mean, Denzel Ward's had some big weeks too. It's not just him, but uh, that team would be looking at a lot differently if they didn't, we didn't watch them get their doors blown off in week one and everybody wrote them off. Uh, in a As we get to the afternoon games, which were not great, uh, this was a very strange one. Uh, for like the second home game in a row, the Rams offense kind of sleepwalks through it. They get enough to get it done, 17-9. to nine, But uh, in their two home games, they have 37 points total. In their two road games, they're averaging, I believe, uh, 34 and a half, uh, if I remember correctly here, uh, in their two road games. So uh, very strange game. Cooper Cup gets that big touchdown, the 55-yard at the end that kind of saves his day. But... Man, I was expecting huge days from everybody involved. And, you know, Woods gets nine and a half points in, in a full PPR. Cup has a good day because of the long touchdown, but was doing nothing until then. Brown and Henderson split carries, and none of them were terribly effective. Goff those for 200 yards and a touchdown on 32 throws. This was a very strange game for everything involved. There was, I thought the Rams were going to put a tremendous amount of fantasy value on, on display here, and just there really wasn't. Dude, I played Tom Brady. Oh, I played Jerry Goff over Tom Brady. Like, I, I would have too. I, 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 I agree wholeheartedly. And, and like, you, yeah, I, mean, was, I thought they were going to torture them. The Giants suck. They played complimentary football, and the difference was they didn't turn it over on offense today. Their defense played solid. They didn't give you a bunch of freebies, and it worked out for them. Uh, I don't know that that's going to continue, but the Rams didn't get up to force the Giants out of what they wanted to do. Uh, Devonta Freeman was kind of a thing. And that was about it, but they didn't turn it over and give it to them. And the Rams didn't blow their doors off to make them throw it. So it was, uh, it was a weird thing, but 17, nine, when they were 13 and a half point favorites or 13 point favorites, whenever it being 12 and a half, whatever. Uh, ugly. I don't know the Rams. Jalen Ramsey's legit. Aaron Donald's legit. The rest of this defense, if you have more than one piece on offense, it's going to, they're not that good. They're going to struggle. They're going to struggle to stop anybody that's got multiple weapons. Yeah, my only takeaway on the Giants side is like is to read out your point on Freeman. 15 touches in this game. So as he gets more and more acclimated, uh, I mean, I, I could see it. I mean, he had four for 35 in the receiving game. That That's what you're going for. Uh, I don't think he's going to run terribly effectively. If you get the three, three-ish, three-and-a-half yards to carry, you'll be fine. But that garbage time dump-off passes that they're going to have a lot of this year, I yep. want all about it. And if that game was hard to watch, uh, the game that CBS flexed into the late window to make up for Patriots-Chiefs, did not make up for Patriots Chiefs. The Colts moved to three and one with a 19 to 11 victory over the Chicago Bears, who um, I guess attempted to play offense for the first 50 minutes of this game. Uh, it would be tough to tell by watching it. Um, 
just to, just to circle back on our conversation, uh, Alan Robinson did outscore Devontae Parker for those of you that barely, uh, for those of you that remember the conversation we had on the last show. I played him. Uh, I put him in. But this was uh, this was an unmitigated disaster in offense. Like, let's let's not sugarcoat this. Uh, I know they get the touchdown late, but this was pathetic. This was exactly what Jake warned us about with Nick Foles starting this game. Uh, I still don't believe in the Colts. I still think they're absolute frauds right now. Um, despite the fact that I was super into them in the offseason, I just I, I think they're frauds right now. But the Bears offense, man, uh, I guess the only takeaway, positive takeaway that I have besides Allen Robinson's big day is that Montgomery's being used a little bit more in the passing game. Got six targets as opposed to the three he's gotten every single game, but he didn't exactly have a good game here. Uh, man, I don't know what you do if you have anybody on this team that's not Allen Robinson. I'm perfectly honest with you. I, Mooney was okay. He had a beautiful play early in the game. He's kind of he's a rookie, but he's coming on. He's a talented kid. Uh, look, I told you, if Nick Foles comes in and he doesn't start, he's free. he's Mariano Rivera. If he starts the game, he's a 45-year-old beer belly still playing in single A. It's, it, it's a crazy dynamic. I thought he's a statue back there. Mitch is harder to defend. And to me, last week was a really quick hook. And yes, they came back and won the game. But they're 3-0 with Mitch as a starter, and they put up three points. Don't Allen Robinson, fantasy-wise, I'll give him the credit at the end. This game was not close. The Colts no. dominated. The Colts defense, I, I mentioned the stats the other day and said the stats were probably BS. They're not. That defense is legit. I agree with you wholeheartedly. They're frauds because Philip Rivers' right arm is a fraud at this point. Drew Brees looks bad. Philip Rivers looks worse. His mind is there. He's checking to the right plays. The run game is there. This vaunted offensive line for the Colts that we've talked about so much, it's not playing that good. They don't look that good. They're not dominating people. Chicago's defense is not what it was. They're, they're still really good, but they're, it's not what it was. But this, this Colts offensive line has not just road-graded people like they did last year at times. They should be better. Yeah, they should. Uh, Taylor has an okay game here. Uh, you're not worried about him. He's he's a top ten play again next week. Uh, four yards to carry on seventeen carries. Uh, you know, we got asked about this on Twitter, and I, I wrote about this a little bit in my my twenty thoughts column. But um, I I'm in full bench T Y Hilton until further notice mode. Um, I, I there's Rivers there, can't get him the ball. Rivers can't get him the ball, and even when he does, there seems to be some some mental issues there um dropping passes they're just they're not on the same page and i think that feeds into it that definitely the feeds timing into of him getting when he wants it with some zip it's like he's open and he's going to get it and he has to wait and reach and it's it's just the timing is not there there's no, something i agree I, with. there's something else going on and we and you gotta sit and watch but some of that feeds into itself too with there if there's a lack of confidence then you start overthinking do i need to slow down too soon all that other stuff that plays into it uh, Marley Cox is an okay day because he gets in the end zone on his one catch, one for 13 yeah. and a touchdown, but uh, he'll be a fun red zone threat for Phillip Rivers. But uh, that's all we need to talk about in this game. That We already gave it too much time. Uh, I wasted three. I'm sorry if that was the only game you watched. If let's say you were in the Indy Chicago area, that that wasted three hours of your life because. And by the uh, way, we would set all this with Paige on the show and she would have oh, wholeheartedly owed all of it. So, oh no, this was, this was knows, a disaster. my take on Nick Foles. It was bad. This was a disaster. And, they have a quick turnaround. They have a home game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At least they're playing at home, and they got a wounded Tampa Bay team coming in. So we'll, we'll see they how do. that goes. Uh, and I cannot wait to, to – I'm already sick of the Nick Foles, Tom Brady, Super Bowl stuff that's already starting. Uh, let's it's it's yeah two different teams. Let's, two, let's I mean, judge it off of what they did today, not what they did. This not even the, they're not even on the same freaking teams anymore. <laughs> Neither <laughs> one of them. So new cool. teams, new coaches, new – I mean, there's literally nothing about them aside from their exact existence that no, – whatever. Uh, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills versus the Raiders. The Raiders were banged up all over the place. Uh, Bills moved to 4-0 here. 
Josh Allen, another two touchdowns, 288 yards, another big game for Stephon Diggs. Uh, that trade looks better and better every single day. Uh, Cole Beasley gets banged up after catching a touchdown, but comes back and gets another catch. John Brown had an okay day. Singletary, nothing special, but got in the end zone for you. Looks really good, though. He does. He uh, looks I, like he's becoming a very dynamic player. My concern is going to be, will they continue to give him this much work when Zach Moss comes back? Because I, I feel like they want Zach Moss to in be... The they don't trust Singletary sure. at the goal line. Like They don't trust no, him they inside don't. the five. They, they want Josh Allen and another back. It was Frank Gore. Now it's going to be Zach Moss. But, I mean, right now... I mean, you, if, you, if you have two healthy legs, you're a top 25 running back. Like, let's be honest. I mean, that, you don't have much of a choice anymore. Uh, on the Raiders side of things, a huge game for Darren Waller, nine for 88. Uh, Renfro is an okay game. Uh, Derek Carr had some really good throws in this game. It's going to get lost in the shuffle here, but he had some really, really good throws. I think it was there was one to uh, – the one to Algalor was really special uh, in the front corner of the end zone. Uh, not a great game for Josh Jacobs here. You just take it and kind of move on. Wasn't horrible. I told you, you. I, we told you that was coming. I mean, the, yeah, dude, Aguilar, you mentioned was a thing. I think he's going to yeah, be four a for 44 had, a the, had the, had the drops, but he's playing really well for the Raiders. And look, Brian Edwards is out. Henry Ruggs is out. And they're both rookies. Uh, I mean, so there, there's a lot of inexperience there. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, it's going to be weird because this is going to be a weird year to judge Derek Carr because all of a sudden there's now less weapons there than ever before. When we thought they were going to have, oh, well, you know, Tyrod Williams in a second year and, and you're going to bring in Henry Ruggs and you've got all these pieces and you got Lynn Bowden, we thought for a second there and then they trade. And now all of a sudden there's, this is like, maybe this is the worst group of players that he's thrown to uh, all yeah, year. He's playing really well. And he's playing really well, uh, but not enough to get a win here. Really not much to take away uh, at this point. You're playing Diggs every week. You're playing Allen every week. Uh, I think we My takeaway is Josh it. Allen's a freaking stud, man. He's so good. Gets he, knocked out in this game, jacks his shoulder up, comes back in, and not only comes back in, lights it up, and runs one in at the end to seal the deal. Like, kid's tough as nails. So you, tell, you could tell while watching his teammates, the team believes in him. They are on the Josh Allen train. They are riding him as far as he'll take them. And right now, he looks like he's going to take them a long way. Yeah, his, his progression has been really, really fun to watch, particularly considering how everybody – I know we've talked about draft Twitter, but there were a lot of people because it becomes a group think in the NFL community sometimes on, on social media. When I say the NFL community, I mean f fan bases uh, to dunk on players that they just, just decide they all want to. And Josh Allen was kind of that guy for everybody. And he has been – Everything you could imagine and more. Uh, the Bills are absolutely Super Bowl contenders. They should win this division. And I'm really excited to see him continue to grow as a passer because we saw it last year. This isn't, didn't come out of nowhere. This is a very a linear step by step that he has continued absolutely. to grow in the NFL. And that's extremely encouraging. And they've got a little bit of playoff experience. Not a lot, but a touch under his belt. He knows what it's going to be like when we get to January. He knows the feeling now. I'm really excited to watch this team, particularly if they get home games and you have to go to Buffalo that's an advantage they have not had the last couple of years when they've been close. That could be enough to put them over the top, at least to win a couple of these games. I'm still not going to pick them to beat Kansas City, but it'll keep them in that conversation. Uh, let's talk about the two games. We have another for the second time in four weeks, another doubleheader of Monday night football. Let's start with the first game that's going on at 7.05 p.m. Eastern, if you were not aware. So 7.05 p.m. The New England Patriots will take with Brian Hoyer as their starting quarterback. Will take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we've already picked this game, so but we we got it in before the line changed significantly. But let's just talk about uh, the fantasy aspects of this. Are you starting any New England Patriots player in this game? Hell no, not a chance. Forget about it. And now I really want to play all my Chiefs. 
No, it's uh, I'll tell you what, though, man, I, there's we'll, we'll talk about this later. Final thoughts. Well, we, you and I need to have a conversation. There's a lot of st- crazy, not crazy stuff, scary stuff going on and what they're talking about in the league. But this game, look, Brian Hoyer, the fact that they want to go with Hoyer means they want to be safe as they can be. It means they're going to try to do some crazy stuff defensively. They're going to try to run the ball. Hoyer's not near as talented as Stidham. I really don't know why it was a competition with Stidham and Cam, and now you're not even going to go with Stidham here. Hoyer gives you – he played last year looked awful. Came in the first couple games, looked okay, and then he was the guy in Indy for a couple weeks, and he was just god-awful. This Kansas City defense is plenty good enough to handle anything they could, they could throw at them, and if they go three and out a few times, it might be 17 nothing. quick. I, I expect the Chiefs to trance them now. They absolutely should. Uh, yeah, I'm not starting anybody. Um, I know this is kind of this is a weird scenario for everybody all week. Um, I know when some of my fantasy leagues, we were kind of putting together like backdoor plans of like, okay, if this game doesn't play, you know, play somebody else and I'll, the commissioner will go in and retroactively change your lineup to this player if they play. Uh, and look, we have to hope that they do continue to play. I mean, there's some really weird things going on with multiple planes being fly uh, multiple Patriots flying in two planes, I believe to games, depending on who's been in most recent contact with Cam Newton. Uh, there's a lot happening. Uh, I, you see what's going on with the Titans. I don't think the Titans are playing next week. Uh, just if you, if you know, they at should my, have to forfeit at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to have any, I'm not going to rank any Titans players in my rankings or my waiver wire comps or any of that stuff. Um, you'll see that going forward. I will add them in if something changes, but I do not think they're playing this week. Uh, which makes things extremely interesting for the Buffalo Bills. Do they get a game this week? Or are they getting another? Are they getting a second bye and a win to go to five and zero? What, what's going to happen here? But we'll save that conversation for during the week when we have some more information. But uh, yeah, the Chiefs should roll in this game. Uh, you're playing every Chief. If you, if you this point, if you waited, you, you're, you're rolling in everybody. Uh, I'm really interested to see how this game. I just hope it gets on the field and hope everybody stays healthy. That's kind of where I, 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 I hope game. they like, play. I hope they play the game at this point. There's yes, another. I hope day they play the game and as safely as they can. This is, uh, this is what everybody feared. Um, but I'm surprised we got this far, honestly. Uh, but hopefully this it can be semi-contained. But it's it's going to be an issue we're going to be dealing with all season. Uh, and again, just make be prepared. This is life in 2020. This is the sports world in 2020. And this is fantasy football in 2020. You're just going to have to be aware of these things that are happening and start to make future plans. If you didn't do this in the preseason, I, I implore you commissioners, add COVID spots to your league. We have two in the TDN premium league. Uh, if this continues to happen, I think we'll add some more. Don't punish your players because of this year. Do not make them drop stars. Do not put them in bad situations because they're going to be some teams that, you know, that have like this week, I did, I had to put Ben Roethlisberger on the COVID list. He doesn't have it, but his team isn't playing. So I need the spot to bring in another quarterback. Don't be skimpy with these. Uh, this is how we're going to have to play. If you're a commissioner in your league, I would add multiple COVID spots tomorrow. If you don't already, and if you already have some consider adding more, uh, but I, I, Picking the Chiefs in this game, we, we picked them beforehand. We were, as if you watched our video breakdown on Facebook, uh, back when we thought this game was going to be played under normal circumstances, uh, we were a little worried about, you know, giving Bill Belichick seven points, but we were both confidently picked the Chiefs. There's really no reason not to pick them in this game. Uh, the second one, which will now be at 8.50 p.m. Eastern time, is the, Atlanta, the original Monday Night Football game for this week will be the Atlanta Falcons versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, all three of the Falcons' top receivers are banged up, uh, but it looks like they will all play, but kind of keep an eye on that going into the game. 
Uh, we're waiting on we're waiting on Devontae Adams too. So four receivers in this game with a lot of fantasy circumstances we're waiting on uh, in this game. All I look at this game and all I can think about is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron and how Jones he is right and Aaron now <laughs> versus that Atlanta defense. Like, is I just I hope Adams plays because if 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 Aaron Rodgers has Adams and MVS going because he's already without Lazard. Uh, so you have MVS going and Adams going and Aaron Jones going. Uh, the Packers could put up a 50 burger in this game. I got him covering that. I got him 35 27. I think Adam, I think Aaron Jones has a monster night. A monster night. I think they get it to him in the screen game, passing him. The best part about Aaron Rodgers, he's playing so good right now. He didn't really care who his receivers are. They're dialing it up. Him and LaFleur are on the same page. He's playing phenomenal. Aaron Jones is the kind of complimentary piece to him, but he's a monster complimentary piece. I think he absolutely goes off. If Devontae Adams plays, like you said, I think they could absolutely roll. I think Atlanta will put up – the Packers' defense is not anything great. They're, they're bottom 12 for sure. So the Falcons are going to put up some numbers and probably put up some points. I think it will probably be close for a while. I think the Packers pull away and get stuck. I do as well. Uh, right now on Bet Online, it is Packers minus six and a half, which is was surprised to me that they got under seven uh, for the first time all week. So that was a – that's a fun one for me. Uh, even if Adams doesn't play, I think they can cover. Um, I have no faith that the Falcons can, can make – two consecutive stops on defense. So no. um, I'm sure they can make one consecutive stops on defense in the second half. So uh, I, I think I saw a really funny tweet today that said, uh, you know, we're, we're finally in the fourth quarter of 2020. Let's hope we're playing the Falcons. Jake, as we wrap this up uh, after a very chaotic week, uh, but let's hopefully we get through the last two games without any issues and everybody remains healthy. What is your final, th- what are your final thoughts coming out of week four? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little pat on the back. Nine three and one against the spread so far. One zero oh, and one on my locks because we got lucky. <laughs> we got to push the fifty four and the one we both on. One and zero oh on my dog. Our first underdogs of the week. I was pretty pretty happy with that one. I felt really good about the Vikings. The thing I wanted to talk to you about. And let's have a little conversation quick before we get off this. They're talking about a twelve game schedule. Only playing your division once. I think that sucks. I, I hope to God that's not the case. Um, to me. If you can't control your own team and you and, it, and it's an outbreak, and, and a lot of it's not all their fault, but they're doing all they can, if they're doing all they can. Uh, it, there's no way Tennessee should have to punish the other teams. You're going to have to forfeit. one. If you didn't, if they can move this week's fine. They should have to forfeit next week if they can't play again. The whole going into the season, the talk on the, all the, the ownership meetings and the head coaches meetings, all that was sign guys off other teams' practice squads. We're going to give you 16 now. Just put a team out there and play. Or you're going to put a team out there and get your ass kicked, but you're going to go play. If that's what you talked about in the preseason, then make them do it. Yeah. Don't don't keep postponing games, and now you're going to shorten the season down to 12. You're punishing teams that are doing it correctly. They aren't having an issue. That's going to that's going to piss me off. I hope we don't get down to a 12 game thing. This is the year we're living in. And I get I get what's going on, but that would just suck for for a team that is yeah. running rampant in, uh, and they're being investigated. We'll see what happens with you know whatever was going on there, but they're up to 20 people. That's what worries me about tomorrow. Like Cam Newton's the only dude on the Patriots that got it. The gestation period is still going on. They're still testing. If more guys pop up tomorrow when they land, they don't play the game. I don't. I don't know. That part's going to suck. But I hope. I hope this isn't end up being a twelve game schedule. I talked about it in the preseason. The, the strike shortened where they thought they were going to have a strike short strike shortened year. They changed the schedule, and I believe it's weeks eight and nine. They could actually eliminate, and we could go to fourteen games because nobody plays divisional games on purpose. I think it was weeks three and four or two and three. Well, nobody did that and they could do it again. we're through that now so they could take away yeah. eight and nine we could cut it to 14 or cut away one nobody travels everybody quarantines get it under control 
the bubble thing's not going to work. You're not going to put NFL teams. You're talking about hundred people. It works in basketball, yeah. and you have twelve people and three coaches. You got a hundred people. You got to quarantine in a hotel away from their families. Yeah, the players for the next aren't going to do it. Like it's not going to work. Like it, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Like that, that's the same thing. The players rejected that in baseball when that idea came up. Like it's just it's not. Yeah. It it got accepted in hockey and basketball because of the short time span. Uh, difference in rosters, but because it was also a, a, a just a, a relatively shorter yeah. period of time. Like if we get to the postseason and they say you know do a bubble, maybe they can make that work. But even that, their logistics. Uh, and they've honestly, done an unbelievable job so far. They really yeah. have. And but this is this is unfortunately, and especially with some of you know, look, there are certain states that are have more restrictions than others, different rules than others, and you're dealing with a lot of adults. And it only takes a couple guys. Sometimes it only takes one to make a bad decision, uh, yep. or just be put in a bad position uh, with somebody they know uh, to cause all this. Uh, I hope they don't have to shorten it. Uh, I, I would like to see them maybe add a an a bye week between week 17 and the start of the wild card round to help kind of, kind of navigate this. Um, almost kind of like, okay, well, what do we do? Like the game 163 in baseball, uh, where you have that option, where you have that time, two teams are tied. But in this case, it would be two teams or multiple teams that aren't able to play their games on time and we can't cancel them. We have that extra week to kind of fit things in and maneuver it. Um, you, you know, could always like, take away the bye week before a Super Bowl week as well. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and look, and it, it gives you a couple different windows. You can do what happened with Pittsburgh, you know, where you were able to you move for bye week with the Ravens and change things around. And then it gives you a second possibility. So it gives you two different ways to do the same thing with these because you're going to have. I hope this is the last time we see it. Logic tells me this will not be the last time we deal with this. This will no, not. The Titan Steelers game will not be the last game that gets postponed. And the, you know, the Eagles, uh, excuse me, the Patriots chiefs will not be the last game that gets moved to a different day. Uh, but I hope we don't have to shorten the season too much, but I, un- this is un- these are unprecedented times. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I yeah, don't know for all the people that wanted to, to tweet at me, the, their politics about wearing a mask. My stuff was not a PSA on COVID. It was a reality check on, I know what's going on with the league. Then yeah. I'm giving you an update that no, the sky's not falling, but the season, as you know, it, could be different and that would suck yes. if we lose games or we have a weekend with no football after our, everybody's getting used to this the tv ratings are the top they've ever been that would suck if this gets shortened but i'm telling you it's all being looked at oh yeah i mean look there's the one thing that we know about this year anything is possible any scenario any change any difference this is we, we can't look at this the sports world even if we just just keep that lens we can't look at the sports world like we've looked at before these seasons are not going to be the same things are going to be different um, precautions are going to be taken. Uh, and I just, I hope we get as much of a normal air quotes season as we possibly can do this and players stay as healthy as they possibly can. But the reality is, is there, there are going to be some things that are going to change. Uh, we're going to have some Tuesday night football. Uh, I bet you at some point this year, we're going to have some more of these Monday night double headers. We're going to have, and you know what? That's really not the end of the world. It really isn't. Um, no, it's not. And if it, I'm if cool it, with the moving them, either sure. make them forfeit or move them. But I don't want to shorten the season. That, that yeah, sucks. I don't want to shorten the season. And look, the Titans are going to be the first, uh, for lack of a better phrase, test case on this because if they're going to miss time, if they're going to miss the game next week, I don't know how many. I mean, at what point do you just, like you said, they just have to forfeit those games and just keep the rest well, of your schedule Here's going. the thing too, Jamie. Like they put a protocol in place. And everybody that does that protocol, they're catching everything. Contact tracers, it, it's working. If they look at what you did and you didn't follow the protocol, and it's your fault that you have to cancel, move, postpone, whatever. You should have to forfeit that game or go sign a bunch of guys off somebody's practice squad that doesn't yeah. know your thing and go get your ass kicked with a bunch of practice squad players. Look, but I mean, you either you way, take, you should take a loss. If you, you take draft, wrong. you take draft picks away for like 
for other for deflating footballs. You know, you find coaches hundreds of thousands of dollars for yelling at officials. An action that could get dozens of your teammates sick and other officials and NFL officials and referees. And I don't understand why that you should not get punished for that. If it, if it's determined that you did something, you know, out of pocket, if it, if it happened, if you had a family member, whatever, but yeah, I mean, went, sometimes went to, it's out of your control. If, if you went to magic city, like what yeah. happened in the NBA, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that we're not saying that happened. We have no idea. But if, if that, if that's the case, then at, at some point you had to be like, look, you have a personal responsibility as well, just as a human being um, mm-hmm. to be like, Hey, you know, look, we're trying to play football right now. But then that's what, that's what we've been about this whole time. We've talked about this entire run of, you know, podcasting through these scenarios of we're just pro football. That's what we want. We want is we want players to stay healthy. We want to get as many games as possible and have a complete season. And anybody doing anything to jeopardize that, that is reckless should be punished. I mean, I, I don't think that should be a controversial statement. If something happens by accident then it happens by accident, but if you're doing, if you're recklessly disregarding the protocols and rules that are in place to try to get a full season, you don't deserve to have the benefit of the doubt. And if it's an entire team wide issue, well, sorry, then you guess, you guess if you're going to have to lose that week, if, if it's going to save the, if it's going to save the season for everybody else, for you to take an L a week or two, that's what you're going to have to do. Like, it's just, yep. it's the reality of, of what 2020 is. There is no fair. There is, how do you get through the season? That's what we're dealing with right now and across the sports world. Yeah, and everybody's done a great job. But if somebody's not following the rules, and that's why this is happening, and the league's going to look at everything, right? I mean, they're diving into everything because the TV ratings are out of this world. They don't, they don't want to shorten this season or miss any games. Um, you know, I'll tell you the other I'll, totally different subject, Amy. One of the coolest things I saw today, the Tampa Bay Lightning guys were in the suite below us. Yeah. They were at the game today with the Stanley Cup, and there's a picture tweeted. Yeah, yeah, there was a tweet. There's a picture with popcorn pop all over the floor. The hockey dudes pounding beers with their feet up on the freaking thing. Like, watch it. It was awesome. It, it was super cool to have them holding the freaking cup up. Uh, that it, six to seven thousand people, ten thousand, whatever was there. It was loud. It was really cool when they showed them up on the jumbotron. They were holding the, the Stanley Cup up. Really cool stuff. Yeah, it really was. Uh, my final thoughts before we sign off here is just a reminder for next week to begin preparing. By week start next week. I know they kind of felt like it started this week with Tennessee and Pittsburgh, but they're for real. The scheduled bye weeks start this week. Uh, Detroit and Green Bay. So there's going to be a lot of fancy relevant players. Kenny Galladay, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Hawkinson. I mean, all these guys, there's a bunch of guys. Um, and especially if you're like me and you're an Aaron Jones owner, finding starting running backs right now ain't the easiest thing in the world. So, uh, and actually for me, I'm going to have to figure out what I do next week because I don't have DeAndre Swift either. Uh, so I'm going to be in a really interesting situation trying to find two starting running backs for my, for my team next week with, uh, I have like 10 receivers I like, but like no running backs aside from Aaron Jones, but prepare now. Um, just prepare I'll for trade you. Scenario. Oh wait, I don't have any running backs. There. I would say you're, yours are all hurt. Uh, so mine are all sitting at home. Yours are going to be all hurt, but uh, just keep that in mind. We're, we're heading into bye weeks. Now this coming week is Detroit and green Bay. The following week is Vegas, new England, new Orleans, Seattle, barring any schedule changes for other reasons. So, it's time to think about it. We got a little, we got one extra week kind of uh, minus Tennessee Pittsburgh kind of without bye weeks this week. Cause a lot of times they're starting week four. Uh, don't sleep on that because that's going to be a big factor in your lineups going forward. Uh, Jake, how can they follow you on social media? Arians NFL on Instagram and Jake B. Arians on Twitter. 
You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Follow the show at TDN Fantasy underscore. You can tweet at Paige about the Bears and Nick Foles at the underscore sports page. Uh, tell them that the intern Hank sent them. Uh, don't say anything about Jake and I, but the intern Hank said <laughs> that you uh, to tweet at the underscore sports page uh, about how great Nick Foles played in this game and how. Oh boy, I can't wait till we do our our preview show tomorrow talking Bucks Bears. This is going to be really fun. Paige will be back on the show at that point. And I think I'll just lay out. I got all my talking out of the way on this episode. I'll just like lay out and let those two I'm not allowed to talk about that. So you guys have to talk about. It. We can't oh, let Paige talk about it by we'll herself. We'll just talk about just talk the football of it cuz I just I just, yeah. I really want to see the knots uh they get twisted uh into trying to take the Bears. By the way, the Buccaneers are, are not favored by enough in this game. Just to tell you that right now. Uh that is all for the show. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We will be back after Monday Night Football. So Tuesday morning, wherever you listen to us on your podcast feeds, we have a brand new show for you, breaking down the doubleheader of Monday Night Football, looking ahead to Thursday Night Football, and also waiver wire players because between bye weeks and injuries, Lord knows you're going to need some help off the waiver wire. We'll be back. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.